Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 28 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make helpful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 22. Diets don't work, and here's why. And on today's episode, we'll uncover the flaws of typical diets and discuss why self-love is a much more productive approach to living well. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today. Um, I am really excited about today's episode because I think so many people need to hear this message um, and the reason behind it, and that message is simply that diets do not work. Um, and so basically everywhere you look, someone is trying to sell us a diet or a weight loss product. In fact, Americans spend over $30 billion a year on this kind of stuff. And to be honest, there may or may not be evidence to support its effectiveness or even its safety. Um, I just saw this literally on Facebook two days ago. The last diet y'all ever need. Oh, promises, promises. I I know. And of course I like went through this whole thing and I like filled out their questionnaire and you know, they gave, they give you all these big promises and then to get your plan, you have to like Hey, to move on. So of, of course, course. there's always a catch, right? Yeah. Which we're going to talk there's about. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. They promise, you know, no more food cravings guaranteed. Um, but what you really don't hear about is all of the research about how diets don't work. And for the record, we are not put on this earth to all look the same. Um, we really just need to embrace our individuality, be proud of our bodies because they do so, so much for us. I think that is such a great segue and it, it ties in so well to our point of, you know, self-love and why that's just a much more productive and important way to look at, uh, you know, how you take care of yourself. Uh, and I think it's really important to first, even before we dive in, differentiate between diet and diet because it is used in a couple different ways and we want to be clear on the way we're using it in this podcast episode here. So diet can mean two things really. One would be the kinds of foods a person regularly eats. So what's your diet like? Oh, I eat this for breakfast, this for lunch, this for dinner, this for snacks. It's just kind of like an overall way that you eat, your way of eating. Um, The second kind of description would be a special course of food to which one restricts oneself. So either to lose weight or for medical reasons, uh, you know, or something like that. So that's really the the type of quote diet that we're, you know, really diving into in this podcast episode. So we've uh, definitely talked a lot about Mediterranean diet or maybe even like a heart healthy diet. Those are really kind of ways of eating and overall approaches versus like a very restrictive, um, you know, diet that's intended to to lose weight, really. So hopefully that differentiation helps a little bit as we continue on. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's so important, honestly, to say that because it really means to polar opposites things like diet. This is just what you eat, you know? So yeah. And we would give a thumbs up to like the Mediterranean diet, but down to like, you know, keto diet. (laughs) Exactly. But it's using the same word. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Okay. So did you know the number one predictor of long-term weight gain is intentional weight loss? And like really think about that. The number one predictor of long-term weight gain is intentional weight loss. And in fact, less than 5% of dieters um, keep the weight off long-term. And despite this, people are always trying to lose weight. 
think that stat, when you hear that, it's just like, wow, like mind blown, right? It's just very impactful. Um, So, you know, why is dieting not successful? So when we try to lose weight through diets and, you know, various programs, like those that Catherine mentioned, the get, get, um, you know, kind of like lose weight quick type of approach, the rules that you have to follow are just not sustainable. And that's really what we're all about is long-term sustainable types of habits. So in addition to that, you know, attempting to lose weight, there's unrealistic expectations expectations. So, you know, when something's saying lose 10 pounds in seven days, you're like, wow, I really should try this. If this is kind of a goal that you have for yourself, Uh, you know, but those expectations are just, you know, they're far unrealistic. It's not a healthy way to achieve a, maybe a a healthier weight, if you will. And, you know, when you set yourself up for such high expectations and they're not met, you know, it's just really counterproductive because it sets you up to thinking that you are a failure and you're far from a failure. And it just overall discourages you. It may set you back, you know, in your overall path to living better. So in the fine print of, you know, weight loss commercials and so forth, I, you know, I feel like this is always in there, right? Um, you know, you can always find those statements or hear those statements to say results are not typical. That's right, because these aren't really intended for the vast majority of the population and or, you know, they're not a healthful approach to, to taking care of your body. Right. Like I specifically, when one of those comes on TV, like I look for the fine print and it's like the teeniest, tiniest little thing that you see at the bottom. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's great. So I was, yeah, definitely um, do an eye roll to myself. Like, oh, I, you know, know. I, I hope that people are like seeing through this, you know, when they're hearing it, I know. you know, because we know that unfortunately a lot of people aren't, which, you know, you've noted right. as far as how many people right, because are, it's a very sensational them. message, mm-hmm. you know, like they really kind of, that's their job. They're marketing it towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, so when you go on a diet, it also implies that there's going to be an end where you go off the diet and then what happens? So, you know, with many of these diets or programs, you're not learning and applying lifelong, healthy, sustainable habits. Like, can you really never eat carbs for the rest of your life? Like, no, I could not do that. Um, so, you know, think about those things, the very sensationalized kind of marketing messages that they send to you. So, Beth, let's jump into the research about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so this is just a really great kind of stat right here. A study from 92, 1992, um, that was featured in the National Library of Medicine found that participants in weight loss programs typically lose about 10% of their weight. However, one third to two thirds of the weight is regained within a year and almost all is regained within five years. So again, that kind of just really showcases there back to the, the intention of weight loss and how that can actually almost work against you, you know, in the long run. So another study um, from 2007 found the same thing. Um, So the authors reviewed study of the long-term outcomes of calorie restricting diets to assess, you know, whether dieting is an effective treatment for obesity. And these studies, again, it showed that one third to two thirds of dieters regained actually more weight than they lost when they were on the diet. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, obviously with, you know, with kids and, and, you know, like teens and adolescents, it's a very sensitive type of topic, which this, you know, this research really does speak to in a very clear way. So in 1996, researchers looked at almost 17,000 nine to 14 year old boys and girls. So that's a really like prime adolescent age. There's a lot of body changes going on for that age group right then. And they're really starting to like, you know, pick up habits that they will continue lifelong. Right. So they had very impressionable. 
Exactly. So they had them fill out questionnaires on their eating habits. During the three years of follow-up for this group, those that were, quote, dieters gained more weight than those non-dieters. And, and those that were just kind of like eating, um, you know, maybe like a, a healthful diet or kind of eating just to fuel their bodies. Uh, dieters were also at increased risk of binge eating. So again, I think it when you put yourself on that diet, that restrictive type of approach, you know, again, it, it can really work against you in that you are thinking about food all the time and you may be more prone to something like binge eating, which is just out of control eating um, that may not make you feel very well. Another study found that adolescents or that followed these adolescents for five years, um, you know, also found the exact same thing. So again, very impressionable age, you know, and if you're setting someone up for a negative and kind of challenging relationship with food at such a young age, you know that that will carry on into adulthood. And it's, it's hard to shake something like that, right? I know. Whenever I kind of read about that study, it just, it actually kind of made me really sad. It, I was going to say, it is very sad. Yeah, and I was just know, really we, bummed out by that. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Like, and while we want this age group to pick up good habits, you know, there's a right. much better approach to it for sure. Right. Exactly. And like that age, it's just supposed to be a fun age or like growing up, hanging out with your friends. Like the last thing we need to worry about is quote unquote dieting. Mm-hmm. So, so really all of these studies and outcomes confirm the statement that again, the number one predictor of long-term weight gain is actually trying to lose weight. So why is that? Um, So basically it comes down to when you try to restrict your calorie intake and you are, you know, consistently eating less than you're hungry for or less than your body needs, it kind of triggers your body to go into survival mode. Um, And it could even change your hormones or even your brain chemistry. Um, It will lower your metabolism. So your body can kind of resourcefully use the nutrients that you do consume. Um, And basically you're in a state of famine. So then when you go off the diet, you might end up eating even more because your body needs and your body wants food. Um, It kind of comes down to physics. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So it kind of really makes sense when you think about it that way. Yeah, I have to admit, I never kind of like put, um, you know, physics kind of, you know, in this space, I guess. But when I, you know, was reading these notes, I'm like, gosh, that's, you know, that's so accurate, right? Like, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, we don't always give our bodies enough credit for all that they, you know, kind of do for us. So, you know, I feel like it's, the body is amazingly protective of itself and will display a variety of different symptoms when kind of put in this starvation mode. And, you know, when you really like listen to these and think about them, if you've ever put yourself on a diet and you were, you know, kind of following this very restrictive plan, maybe think back to, you know, were you feeling these symptoms and, and, or are you feeling these symptoms on whatever type of plan you're following right now, if that's the case. Um, And none of them are or favorable, right? So they're, they're very like no. negative feelings and effects of, you know, such eating habits. So it could be irritability, anxiety, you know, low energy again, because your body's kind of running on empty. I'm sure we've used the example of, you know, you, our car can't run on empty and nor can your body run on empty. Um, feeling cold all the time, constant hunger, which can lead to obsessive thoughts about food and eating. So if you have, have ever told yourself, this is off limits, don't you find yourself thinking about that food all the time? <laughs> And who wants to, who wants to over?
overthink it, you know, like there's may, way more things to enjoy and think about in life than, than something like that. Um, difficulty sleeping, even constipation, which makes sense. So if you're again, not eating and ingesting the right types of nutrients and foods, maybe you're not even drinking enough water, you know, your body will kind of rebel. And these are some of those consequences and there might be more as well. These are just some of the most commonly reported ones. So as you can imagine, you know, thinking about going through and feeling like this, you know, I think it makes sense that someone can easily just be to push the point of breakdown and or just giving up a diet and then going back to previously unhealthful habits um, and maybe worse, you know, maybe previously your habits were, you know, they're fair, but maybe something like this has really set you up for um, just kind of a, a state of mind that you, you know, you just don't care and you really do um, make some unhealthful choices for, for yourself. Um, additionally, I mean, you might have heard of yo-yo dieting. So that's kind of when this cycle just persists over life and you're just constantly on a diet, off a diet, on a diet, off a diet. And just in the, again, in the long run, this can really set you up for just a long-term and, you know, kind of undesirable, poor relationship with food, which can, you know, really in the big picture, get in, in the way of, you know, mental health, physical health, just your overall well-being, and, you know, kind of outlook on life, which you don't necessarily think of like how big of a thing like food and eating can be in one's life, but it, I mean, it's so significant it really <laughs> right. um, and it can affect you in so many ways, right? Like you're eating multiple times per day. Like I want to enjoy every single meal and snack and not have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, basically, so what, what happens is you're just, you're not listening to your body anymore to tell you when you're hungry, to tell you when you're satisfied, you're kind of like dismissing all of those internal cues and you're letting the rules of the diet tell you when you should eat, how much you should eat, when you should stop eating. Um, and so basically, you know, restriction doesn't work long-term. Focusing on weight loss is your number one goal in life. Doesn't work long-term. So really a much more productive approach is to consider all of the positive things that are going to come out of taking better care of yourself and eating well and being active. You know, you could have improved sleep, more energy, a better mood, um, even like increased ability to be active with your kids or your grandkids or your nieces and your nephews, um, even fewer medications, you know, by eating a little better. Um, it's really, it's really biology. Our bodies need nourishment. When you're hungry, you're supposed to eat. Like that's why your body gets hungry because it needs food. Um, so what do we do if we have kind of chronically been dieting or trying and wanting to lose weight? What do we do? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and so we're really setting you up here, listeners, for, you know, the next coming episodes. We'll really dive into this topic in, you know, much more detail. And some of the strategies that we plan to focus on include honoring your hunger, making peace with food, listening to your body, recognizing your emotions and how they drive uh, your food choices and so forth, and making kind choices and just kind of overall body love and, you know, self-respect for your body. Um, you know, so you'll eat every meal and snack without a sense that, you know, it was good or bad. It was just kind of a delicious food that you enjoyed eating, maybe in the setting that you were in, maybe with the company that you had, um, you know, thinking about who prepared it and some of those different things, you know, and when we were just talking earlier, just about like how, you know, your food choices and eating kind of really take up such a, you know, a big part of your life. If you think of all the food choices you make in a day, basically starting when you wake up, you know, are you having coffee or tea? Is there cream in it? Is there sugar in it? Are you just drinking water? You know, there are just countless decisions all day long. And when you don't have that confidence in yourself or you 
you know, kind of um, put that label of good, bad, I made a bad choice, I'm, you know, I'm bad, I'm unhealthy, you know, kind of to each one of those choices, you know, just think about how that can, again, affect your overall just level of, you know, uh, positivity and, and your mood and overall outlook and, and so forth. So I, I digress. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> no, no, I, literally, I'm like thinking of all these things. I'm like, oh boy, I could go on and on too. Well, guess what? I'm not going to drink black coffee because I don't like black coffee. So I'm putting cream in it. Yes, me too. I am fully with you there. <laughs> enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. So and t- to be honest, people are actually really afraid that if they allow themselves to eat everything like that, that they're kind of going to overboard and they're not going to be able to stop eating. But the research shows when you give yourself 100% freedom to eat what you want, there is no good and there is no bad. It is just food you enjoy. You can and you will self-regulate. Um, if you've been restricting for a while, you know, I feel like the pendulum might swing the other way. There might be some time where you feel like you're eating too much or whatever. That's completely natural. Again, the reaction, there's an opposite reaction for every, what is it? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You got but, it. <laughs> yeah, but like stick with it and it will balance out. So mm-hmm. will, you know, if you do this, will you be at the weight that you really want to be at? Well, probably not. And then maybe we need to think about whether that's even a realistic goal for you. But what we can guarantee is that by respecting and loving your body and listening to your body, you will be so much happier in the long run. And it's just, you just will. Mm-hmm. You just got to trust us. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I love that. Trust the credible registered dietitian nutritionist and not those folks that are out there, you know, talking about trying to sell you something very unrealistic types of, you know, approaches, you know, trust the science, you know, that you're getting here from us, you know, and just as you were talking about that and just how, you know, you might achieve a specific weight target. So you've reached that weight, you know, you may feel great for, you know, and satisfied for a small amount of time, you know, but if you're at the point that you've had to restrict yourself so much to get to that point, that's really where that fear comes in. So will you enjoy going to a friend or family member's summer barbecue um, and just enjoying that whole experience? Or will you be obsessing over what you can or can't eat that's available on the menu? Or will you be concerned that, you know, you got into X size pair of shorts? Will you be concerned that, you know, after a couple of days worth of maybe just enjoying food and being on vacation or whatever that plan is, that you won't fit in those clothes anymore? So I feel like when you may achieve that goal, to your point, it doesn't necessarily correspond with happiness because you may be more unsatisfied, more uncomfortable in that state than, you know, previously, right? So funny you say that. I was literally just thinking because I heard that, um, or, and there is stuff around this, like you think that you will be happier when you reach your weight loss goal, but actually you're not like they've proven it. So it's very interesting. And it's literally for all the reasons that you just said, you're not done worrying. Mm-hmm. you know, but when you kind of have that approach that all foods fit, nothing's good or bad, like it is just this happy balance that you have within your body. Mm-hmm. And I think too, just back to the point of, you know, a diet versus kind of like a way of eating in terms of the, the diet word that a diet that has an endpoint, you get to that end day 30 of this amazing plan. Well, and then what, mm-hmm. like what happens then? Right. Exactly. 
That's yeah, exactly. Long-term support and plan to just continue to take better care of yourself, you know, again, versus that lifestyle approach that's just much more sustainable and allows you that food freedom, which I feel like is a phrase that's very popular among a lot of dietitians that have this philosophy, um, you know, that we'll again, dive into in the next couple of episodes here of our podcast. But, you know, and I think too, just back to episode number one, you know, if you have not listened to that episode, listeners, you know, we really encourage you to go back, visit it. And, um, or if you've listened and you need to revisit it, go back in and really hear us talk more about our five to thrive philosophy, which really does focus on honoring your hunger with foods that make you feel well. That's one pillar. And then another that's really kind of relevant here is to move to energize your body and mind, not move to, you know, sweat buckets and be out of breath and, you know, whenever it's about like joyful movement and just, you know, how that can affect your body, your mood, your mind, your energy level, and, you know, all of all of those other things really. Right. It's not movement as punishment Yes, that's or movement trying to burn off because you ate something that you thought was quote unquote bad. Yeah. Move because it's enjoyable to you and it's going to make your, make you stronger. And and, you know, I think kind of similar to that, Catherine would be, you know, not working out to the level of exhaustion to earn something. Oh, I'm going to X, you know, birthday party tonight. I need to like, you know, work out on the treadmill for two hours to earn that birthday cake. You don't need to earn anything. Right. Exactly. Your body just deserves it because again, it's doing all those amazing things for you because of the tool that it is and you know, how we're, how we're created. Gosh, you can tell we are about this topic, right? We really are. Like I could go on and on and on about this. I really, (laughs) really could. And it's like, I like that you had kind of mentioned like, yes, come to the registered dietitians. I mean, we went through so many years and years of schooling and exams and like, like we, I feel like you become dietitians because you want to help other people live their best life. Mm-hmm. I like, I know that that's my goal. So yeah. And, and, and here we're really hoping to, to shed the light, like help you see the light here, you know, that the, the, to get rid of the fad diet approach and that diet culture mentality and really just look at food and, you know, living well in a whole different way. So I think this has been a great tip of the iceberg for our upcoming episodes. Honestly, yeah. I feel like this has been yeah. a great, so we'll, like, teaser. <laughs> yeah. So we'll die. We'll definitely dive into more of how you do this. How do you make peace with food? You know, kind of all of those things. So Beth, what is our takeaway tip for this week? You know, I think just maybe after you've listened to this episode here, you know, take a few moments to look at your current eating habits. You know, are you restricting yourself or do you have, you know, feel like you have a pretty healthy relationship with food right now? Um, You know, and then tune into our upcoming episodes to really listen to how you might be able to change that relationship to feel better and just live your best life. So I think again, maybe it would be like honoring your hunger with foods that make you feel well would be one good takeaway as well as moving to energize your body and mind and not for any type of other other reason really. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in everyone. You can get in touch with us by joining the wise dietitians, Facebook group, simply search for wise healthy bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wise dietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.